Buds. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Blue Chip Scouting NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Miller, joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt Vadovinos. Matt, oh boy, how are you doing today? I'm always doing good. I'm feeling good. I'm excited to talk football. I'm excited to watch football and not like UTEP versus FS Austin, even though UTEP did win Go Miners, um, but like actual competent football. It's going to be really nice, man. I'm I'm really excited, especially for the NFL season. Mm-hmm. Uh, this draft cycle is going to be a little bit different. I'm already, you know, pretty not pretty deep into the draft prospects, but like I've watched a lot of the guys that have declared already. Um, and that's something that, you know, we're going to talk about today, but I'm really excited um about what's coming up this week. Just you're right. Being able to just sit and watch football on a Saturday and Sunday, do a little schoolwork, have it up on your extra screen. It's gonna be really, really nice to have live football again. Because honestly, man, I love watching film. I really do. But it's a grind when you don't actually have real football. Um, just before we get into some of the guys that have declared already, opted out of the, the 2020 season and declared for the NFL draft, I did want to get your take real quick on not having a uh, not having a preseason when it comes to the NFL. How, how do you think that's going to affect the rookies especially this year um, and, and some of these teams with new coaching staffs? Well, I think the biggest thing that you see is um, a lack of – undrafted guys or late round guys making teams because or, or coming in and making an impact because they didn't have a chance to separate themselves on a preseason game. I think that's who benefits the most from a preseason. Um, teams with new coaching staffs are also kind of in this weird situation because the NFL typically gives those teams like I think an extra week or two um, to implement everything they want and, and do everything you know that they need to do to catch up to the other teams that have a set in system. Uh, obviously the, the teams did everything they could with like the zoom meetings and stuff, but it was, you know, it was definitely a learning process and luckily every team had to deal with it, right? Like no team in a lower COVID and, you know, population, they didn't get to practice when other teams didn't. It was very, the NFL did a good job of keeping everything equal. Um, but overall it's going to be interesting. And I think we're going to see a lot of good teams come out a little slow just because we're going to see some ugly football in the first couple weeks just because none of these players have played in what seven plus months they haven't you know they've only recently been to practice and they haven't been in a real game so it'll be interesting i'm wondering if it's going to be to the advantage of a team like the cowboys just for instance just because I, i cover the cowboys and they're my favorite team and they have a brand new coaching staff i don't know what the hell they're going to look like because Mike McCarthy uh, and that staff have kept things very, very tight to the vest. They haven't really allowed you know the media to videotape much of anything during practices. I don't know what they're going to look like defensively at all when it comes to how they're going to deploy coverages. Uh, so I'm super excited to see if these teams that have new coaching staffs, uh, like entirely new ones, you know, first are there any first year head coach? I, I can't even think of any off the top of my head um, right now. I mean. There's Matt Rule. Yeah. But he was a head coach in college, right? There's Joe Judge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm wondering if I, mean, I can't imagine they're going to go five wide 
nearly as much as LSU did, right? Like mm-hmm. that, that doesn't yeah. seem like it's going to make a, a ton of sense just because – I mean, I mean theoretically, if you go five wide, five wide with a team like Carolina, though, you can – well, yeah, because you're going to have CMC, yeah, so you CMC can always counts, motion him yeah. back in, and you can have Curtis Samuel motion back in as well. But we're going to talk about the NFL uh, come Thursday, uh, I believe. That'll come out like probably Thursday around noon sometime uh, when that will drop. But today, I-, I wanted to get into some of these guys that have declared already. Um, and I-, I guess we can just start and we'll just go down the list that I'm looking at right now. The, the first one that happened was Caleb Farley. He was the first high-profile mm-hmm. guy to, to declare. And when he declared, he was very widely uh, assumed to be the, the cornerback one going into this 2021 class. Is that kind of how you feel about him? Um, yeah. From watching, at least in my preliminary evaluations, what you see is uh, I, I saw a lot of Jeff Okuda and the ability to click him close. Um, I don't think he's as consistent or technically refined as Akuda was, but that dominant ability to stop on a dime and explode uh, was very similar. He's such a phenomenal athlete. His size, speed, length uh, is off the charts. He's got a little bit of work to do in terms of uh, using his length when the ball's in the air. Uh, I would like to, he has good ball skills, but he can lose in contested situations more than I'd like. We saw it a lot in Notre Dame. Um, but I mean, I really enjoyed his tape. I thought it was a lot of fun and the physical schools, the physical tools are enough for me to give him a top 10 grade as of now. Yeah. He's one who I haven't dove into incredibly deep yet. Uh, he's somebody who, uh, you know, he had 16 passes defensed in, in 2019. He obviously has some ball skills. He has that height, weight, speed, combination and i'm really excited to get into some of it honestly i just didn't have a ton of virginia tech tape to watch uh, so i'm gonna have to acquire some of that um but from everything i've heard i mean he's kind of i mean there's are there any other corners in this class that you really put up with him i mean in does terms Patrick, of does uh, is sertan have a shot at cornerback one or I, I think sure. it depends. I think he's a worse. I think Patrick Sertain's a worse athlete than people think he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he's a poor tester at the combine, like if he's a four six guy, I don't think he can compete with Farley, who's probably going to run a four three. Yeah. Um, but if we see Sertain come out with like a four four nine, I think there's a chance. Sean Wade is a lot of projection, especially with the uncertainty of the Big Ten season, because yeah. we don't have the requisite tape. For him as a boundary cornerback, that was a big no. thing going into it. Um, I still think, you know, if you need a slot corner, I'm okay taking a player like Sean Wade in the first round because I think he's such a dominant slot corner, and I, I'm okay with the team taking that. But I'm not going to take a slot corner in the top ten if I just have a need at cornerback. I would take someone like Farley over Wade, um, just because I think I do think that the value of an outside cornerback is slightly higher than that of a nickel, but I do think it's it's much closer than people used to think it was. Otherwise, I really don't see anyone else um, in Ooh. the cornerback rooms, I think. that I, I do. Is it someone you've written about recently? Uh, recently, no. Uh, it was a little while back, but I, I did write about him. I actually wrote about him and his uh, running mate. And, oh, really? Uh, you think? Okay. And you hated, I'm, yeah. you hated <laughs> his running mate when um, I gave him to you I'm not a big fan. Round. I'm not a big fan of either of them. Um <sighs> 
I think I Campbell think. could be special. He has no clue what he's doing yet. Yeah, that's my issue. Um, he's just so but raw. The, yeah, the physical tools are uh, absolutely and, and I can there. absolutely see And he's like yeah. a legitimate sub-4-3 potential athlete. At like yes, six foot and two or he's something. a legitimate six foot two. Yeah. You know, one hundred ninety five, probably two hundred pounds. I mean, he's a big dude. Mm-hmm. He's physical. He just really doesn't know what what's going yeah, on. Yeah, and that right and now. that's my issue, right? Like, I think yeah. just the rawness. But yeah, he was a four four seven guy in high school. Yeah. Um, so you can only yeah, imagine with, with a Georgia program that, that. Actually, I don't know. Georgia hasn't been great recently. Um, we see guys like Elijah Holyfield and Isaac Nwada, but oh, testing wise, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like yeah, we're not talking you. Penn State or Virginia. <laughs> Dude, the, the funniest story I've ever heard was was Joe, uh, Joe Marino. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> talking I think about, a lot of just lied to his face. How he just lied to yeah. his face about how fast he was going to run. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, the next guy I want to talk about is somebody who I am really excited about. I watched his tape. I really, really liked it. Uh, that would be Kari Vincent Jr. Okay. Uh, from LSU. Talk to me because it sounds like you already don't like him. Um, I mean, I don't have anything against him. I would have liked to see another season. Yeah, me too. Um, Absolutely. He's, he's not real big, right? I think he's like nope. 5'10". Um, yep. 190 5'10", maybe 190. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the Small feet guy. a lot. Um, I like the – I mean, he's real fluid. He ha- he has everything that I need in a cornerback. I just need to see him put it all, all together. Uh, I don't think he's there mentally, so that's where the reps would have came in. Um. But I mean, I, I do see the upside. I see the, the physical traits that, that teams would really like. Um, not great as a tackler, but I mean, see, I, I had. I, I didn't think he was like a top fifteen player. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think that he was a great tackler, but I didn't think that he was deficient in it. I mean, he's just a small guy, and he's not. Yeah, gonna finish exactly. He's not. He's he not. For. Here's my thing. This dude might be the fastest player in college football, and that includes Anthony Schwartz. This Easy. dude ran a 10.07 100-meter dash. That is flying. And that shows in the way that he plays. He really is a 100% athlete right now. He relies on it far too often. And that's kind of why, you know, we have him listed. I, I think a lot of people have him listed as a cornerback overall. But I think he's a free safety. I, I, I really think he is. Let Allow him to use his uh, athleticism and speed because uh, he can get up in the air as well and defend passes. He had four interceptions last year. I mean, he didn't play all of the time for LSU either. Mm-hmm. So he's somebody who I am really was, excited I mean, about. When you look at the uh, like LSU in what? Now you're producing Gree Williams. You're producing um, Derek Stingley Jr. is there and then uh, Titans just drafted him. I can't remember his name. He was better than Reed was. Oh, uh, Christian Fulton. Christian Fulton. That was gonna be coming. Yep. Um, so it's not. It's not like seeing the field is easy. Um, but again, that's another reason why. Like, and again, I'm gonna say this a bunch of times on this pod. Probably, I would have liked to see a lot of these players play this year. Yeah, that being sure. said, I don't. I'm not holding their opt outs against them whatsoever. Um. I think if, if you know the decision they make, I completely respect it, and, and you know they're doing everything they can to you know stay safe, take precautions, um, protect mm-hmm. their future, protect their family. So it's nothing against them uh, opting out. I have no issue with it. It's just I would have. There's some players who, and we'll talk about another one, you know, here in a bit, a very high-profile prospect that I'm really, really upset opted out because I needed to see more tape from him. But I'm not. Again, I'm not upset that he opted out because he opted out. 
Yeah. Did you need sense. to see more tape of him because you weren't impressed or because you didn't because play more? I, no, I just didn't think he was very good. Okay, so you're probably talking about Kari Vincent Jr.'s teammate, correct? No, I'm talking about no? a very high-profile edge rusher. Oh, okay. See, uh, we're going to talk about him, but we're first going to talk about Kari Vincent Jr.'s teammate, mm-hmm. Tyler Shelvin, who I practically wrote a hit piece on. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to. Uh, I mean, Matt, how many people do you know that ride and die with the fat leap position than I do? Like, how many people do you know that love big, large Not, not many. I mean, look at exactly. who you made your podcast host. So not many. Yeah, well, you were an offensive lineman. Um, I mean, I had to play D. I went to yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. But... <laughs> But you know, with, with with Shelvin, like he's just he just has no juice. This, yeah, and he, this is it, he's like watered down Derek Brown, um, which I was not high on Brown either, right? Because I just defensive tackles that lack pass rush upside really don't hold much value to me. No, um, like no, I'm, he, because, honestly, like <laughs> he's a decent run. Defender, but I think like, he's an above he's, average run defender. He's not he's even strong. a great run. Yeah, he's super it's strong. He, yeah, it's because he's real his, big. Yeah, his anchor is outstanding. Yeah. But the his ability to finish plays, it's it's not really yeah. there. And here's my thing: is like people talk about Tyler Shelvin, like he should be a first round pick. No, there there are guys in the draft like Tadaro Slayton out of Florida, Jordan Davis out of Georgia, both in the SEC too, who are going to give you what Shelvin does in terms of value that you're going to be able to get a hundred picks later. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I mean, that's just. Who was the Who was the kid from Baylor last year? Um, not Jordan Scott. That's the. No, the that's Oregon, Jordan, and he's. That's, oh yeah, yeah. Um, another. Family. But he he was a super good athlete at Baylor. He he didn't end up going to the combine, but like he fired off the ball. Like, tell yeah. me why I should. Draft... Um, it, James Lynch's teammate, uh, Bravion Roy. Yes. Bravion Roy, yes. yes. Tell me why I should draft Tyler Shelvin before but, Bravion Roy. Um, and I think Bravion Roy went like undrafted, didn't he? Or yes. very, very late. Yeah, so that's what and that's yes, what I'm so, saying. And you know what it is? I'll tell you right now, and I quote, Shelvin, a former five star recruit. Exactly. End quote. Exactly. exactly. That's what it is. And he's that's, it's not that he's a bad football player, because he's not a bad football player. He's just not very valuable. Exactly. It's the it's the same thing when we talk about running backs, right? Like you and I loved DeAndre Swift last year. You loved Clyde Edwards Alaire. But we weren't talking about them as top 20 players because at the end of the day, their position doesn't provide that kind of value. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about a guy who I did like quite a bit and at the same position. Jay Tufil from USC. What are your thoughts on him? Because for me, he's not in the same vein as some of the other Pac-12 defensive tackles that we've seen. He's yeah. obviously nowhere close to Avita Vea. Um, he's probably a little bit better than I feel, um, who was our guy from, uh, was it Oregon last year? Was that who it was? Um, he was at the senior bowl. We shook his hand. Oh, 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 Lecky Fotu. Lecky Fotu. Uh, at Utah. Uh, Utah, Utah, Utah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that's how far my brain is away from <laughs> yeah, the it, 2020 it like draft. so long. But like, so I feel like. Jake Tufil, like yeah, I I really liked him when I watched his film. What, how, where are you at on him? Um, so I have my same. I like the tape and the flashes are phenomenal, right? The flashes are really really good um, because he's such a good athlete. I mean, he's got good size. He's six three, like three ten, three fifteen, mm-hmm. um, light enough to move around but heavy enough to to play the run. 
Yep. Um, the issue is, and it's the same thing uh, with a Jalen Twyman from Pittsburgh, who a lot of people really, really like on that IDL because he was so productive as a pass rusher. Um, a lot of times you'll see on their tape that they're just standing straight up. On the plays that they're not, you know, that when they're not having those flash plays, it's a lot of high pad level. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I watched Tefele. I really enjoyed what I saw, and the tools are multiple, right? Like, he can be a NFL player. I can absolutely see it. I just needed more consistency on a down-to-down basis. Um, yeah. But, I mean, he has the upside to be a uh, 8-plus, 10-plus sack kind of guy in the interior as long as he puts it all together and he plays with the lower pad level. Because if you play with that kind of pad level, if you're standing up in the NFL, you will get buried. Yeah, I, I don't know if I see 8-10. to 10. I, I think that he can be, a you know, f- maybe a... Five to seven, five well, to eight type so uh, I used defensive to think tackle, that, like, but I like him. Yeah. I like him against the run too. I so, used to like, think that five was like a good number, but then Deron Payne, who I didn't think had much pass rush upside, and I still don't think he's a great interior pass rusher, came in and put on up like five five sacks in his first two seasons yeah. in back to back seasons, five and five. Sure, 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 sure. So but I, I mean, you also got to look at that defensive line too. Like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of one on one situations that guys are going to be able to take advantage of. Now, let's get into Jalen Twyman because I mean. Is he going to be able to, and, and I loved his tape, but is he going to be able to hold up against the run as a three-down player, or is he going to be a niche guy coming in as a pass-rushing interior player who works his way into being a, a three-down guy? If he can continue to, to shoot the gaps the way he does, um, then I don't have a problem with him playing the run, right? Like, it'll burn him a, a couple times, um, and that's naturally going to happen because he's so light, you know, sub-300 pounds, it's going to happen. Um, and there's two guys in it. There's a Darius Stills at West Virginia who's pretty similar. Yep. Um, the issue is Twyman was the worst at it when I saw it when talking about the pad level because the – I mean, the flash plays were phenomenal. And there was a reason that when our friend Nick Farabaugh was talking about it, I was like, listen, people are going to talk about him being undersized, but we've talked about undersized defensive tackles before, right? Aaron Donald literally came out of the same program, undersized – fell to what 14 or something in the draft and he's the best defensive player i've ever seen not i'm obviously not saying jan twyman is going to be aaron donald but i don't think that it's impossible for a sub 300 pound defensive lineman to be an impact run defender as long as they're doing if they're winning the way they succeed right he's never going to be a successful two get player it's just not going to happen unless he puts on a bunch of weight and then loses a bunch of dynamic ability and then you're just literally lowering his value so if he's in the correct position if he's, if he's playing if he's shooting the gaps and he's creating separation in the line then i think he can be an effective run defender and i think he can be a three down player but the pad level is going to be huge uh, and i'm going to stress that a lot is until he's conti- like constantly playing with such a low pad level and that's why Aaron donald's so dominant um, until jalen twyman can do that i think he is kind of that niche pass rusher because standing straight up you're now just uh, you're effectively useless for your defense Yeah, no, I I agree with you there, um, and it's going to be interesting to see how he progresses in that uh, in that way. Now, let's get to the one man. How did Gregory Rose, Russo have so many sacks? It's <laughs> there's another player in this class that is kind of the same vibe, and Syracuse's Andre Cisco, the safety. Cisco has like twelve interceptions in two years. How? Yeah, how? Because, and you'll watch, like, he'll impact nothing to the play. He'll just be standing there, and then the ball flies in the air, and it's in his hands. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's, um, and Gregory Russo was a lot of the same way. That was, he's been playing with a very talented Miami defensive line. Um, 
Last year, mm-hmm. like a lot of pressure got pushed into him, and he was able to, you know, whether the quarterback was rolling out, he has long arms, he was able, like the measurables are there, but he's just so raw. It's it's not good. Uh, I can't give him a first round grade. Like I I I watched a lot of games. Um, honestly, I would feel pretty comfortable now that he's opted out of the season, coming to a, a final film analysis and evaluation grade, and I, it won't be a first-round pick. And it'll barely be around the top 50. Yeah, so my thoughts with him uh, are similar as a pass rusher. Um, from the from the outside, I just don't think he's very good. Uh, I think that he has a lot, a lot of progressions that or progression that he has to make. He's just not good with his hands. He doesn't have a particularly good pass rush plan. Uh, I think what he reminded me of, and he rushed from the interior a little bit as well. And man, when he was rushing from the interior, when he was able to shoot a gap, mm-hmm. he reminded me a lot of David Irving. He's a lot smaller. He's only 250, 260 pounds. But he could get bigger. That frame is not maxed out. If he could get up to... 290 in the next couple years i wouldn't mind seeing him on the inside and honestly with that kind of length and he's a strong kid he might end up being a five tech i just don't see what i want out of a true edge rusher like a true beat the guy beat the offensive tackle to the arc and and, you know flatten you know flatten the rushing angle and and get to the quarterback i just don't see that and i don't see the pass rush moves to be a down-to-down guy out there so i man we're talking about people talk about player and i just don't see it people talk about him like a top five pick that's that's wild to me that is like we've seen in Miami, list him at six seven. I don't think he's actually six seven, but like, like that's six, another, five, six, six. Yeah, that's another issue too. Is he plays so high, stupid um, high? Yeah, like he's just standing up. He, I think he could bend theoretically, but I, you don't see it. Um, you don't see great strength at the point of attack. You don't see hands that his hands aren't there, his feet aren't there, his anchor's not there. Um, I'll give him credit. He's really good at making arm tackles because he's so long, um, but. That's not a top five player to me. And so I can bet on the traits, but if you want to bet on the traits, I mean, there are guys with better film. Like Jason Owe's traits are going to be just as good, if not better, than Gregory Russo's. Right? Quiddy Pay's athletic ability is going to be just as good, if not better, than Gregory Russo's. So yeah. there's, I mean, there are going to be, and then there are guys like Patrick Jones, who might be a slightly worse athletic ability, but it's going to be minimal, who's thicker and just a more refined pass rusher to this point. And honestly, the the edge rush class is terrible this year. Like it's really bad. It's the worst we've seen in a while. Um, yeah, I think it's just it's just all upside right yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. There's no the issue is, I mean, yes, we get spoiled, right? We had back to back years of Nick Bosa and Chase Young, um, but the year before that, what well, we had Bradley Chubb, right? Like I would take Bradley Chubb comfortably over anyone in both class. Um, and so Russo, like so many people talk about him, like when he puts it all together, this and this, and his season, he's going to have another huge season. Well, he's opted out. And again, I don't blame him for opting out, but not having that extra year of film is going to be really, really tough for me to evaluate him. Um, and for me to do, it, it's going to hurt his stock for me only because in my summer scouting, I do use a little bit of projection on where I think players are going to end at the end of the year. And 
that no longer affects Russo. So his, you know, all the tape I have on him is all the tape I have on him. I'm not going to get more. And so, yep. barring some, like, godly combine, like, unless he's a 4-3 guy, uh, which I don't think he is, it's pretty unlikely this guy's... I mean, he's... He, we're, he's He's probably like a 50 to 40 player for me, like somewhere in the 40s would be my guess. Yeah. And I don't know for sure. I mean, there's just so many people I would take over him as a player right now. You know who we wouldn't take many players over right now? Who's that? Penn State's Micah Parsons. Uh, there's two players in this class. I think you have three players. I have three players, yeah. correct. Um, there are two players I would take over Micah Parsons right now. And both have been called generational talents. Uh, yes. Um, I think the third one is also a generational talent. Um, well, here's my thing. I I don't even, I probably don't think he lost a generational talent. I mean, we'll see, but Trevor Lawrence, we'll see though. No, no, no. Neither do I. I I, I mean, when I went through it, I I watched his tape. I I did the breakdown uh, of all the numbers and He's really good, and yes, honestly, exactly. but but the thing is, I think he's a better rusher right now than he I think, is a I think he's passer. A, I think he's a better he's runner a than great runner. I think he's, he's a better a runner than Fields runner. or Lance is. Oh, it's not even close. So, and people are it's gonna be like, oh, dude, well, what if you want a dynamic quarterback? Uh, yes, you can get that, well, Trevor Lawrence. Dude, people, I literally watched the entire Clemson game; it was disgusting. The Clemson Ohio State game. People, dude, people are gonna say that Fields is the better runner, and that just goes it's to show that they haven't watched him. Yeah. I'll give just you Fields as maybe a tougher runner, right? Like I'll give you Fields will run into someone it's gonna hurt, but I don't. I don't think he's more athletic than Trevor Lawrence is. I don't think no. he's quicker. I don't think he's more like agile. I think he's just thicker. Yeah, um, and, and honestly, Trey, Trey Lance is a good runner too. So yeah, I mean, all of them, all of them can do it. I mean, Trey Lance is the best athlete on the field. It, I, re- it I, I, I really play, love so. this trio. I'm gonna be honest. Me um, too. Me too. It, so it's gonna be really fun. I think all of them have steps to take. I just think Trevor Lawrence is the closest there. Um, yeah, but my thing is like with the generational talent, and we've talked about this on the show before. Um, yeah, Chase Young, Chase Young is the best prospect either of us have evaluated to date, uh, not including uh-huh. the twenty twenty one class. Neither of us thought he was generational talent, right? No, because he's not no. so much better than Nick Bosa or so much yeah. better than potentially Miles Garrett. That, exactly. That he's generational. The only person, and you know, we'll talk about this in a bit, but the only person that I would think is generational that I've ever evaluated would probably be Penny Sewell. But we'll yeah. talk about that. And in, I don't think he bit. is either. But, he, still, he still has work to do too. People talk we'll about talk, him. He's yeah. perfect. Well, he's not. Yeah, no, he's he's not um, perfect. Now, honestly, yeah. I, I just I just don't think that he's the the over the top athlete. He's not Tyron. Smith. He's not. He's not. Yeah, you, you know, know what I mean? you're right. So, you're right. He's yeah. But, but I, we'll, we'll, I don't yeah. want to get I don't want to get to Sewell yet. I want to yeah, continue Marco, to talk Micah, about Parsons. Yeah, right. Yeah, Micah Parsons deserves he's this. So good. Um, he's so good, man. Uh, the how do you feel about him in coverage? Like he doesn't really do it. I don't think he's I don't think he's a liability in coverage. Um. I think he's but a good enough athlete. He's not a difference matter, maker yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, but I think, and I think that's what you'll see between the difference between him and Dylan Moses is I think Micah Parsons with like the proper defensive coordinator is a DPOY guy because if he can play in like a New England system where he, he's playing that yeah. Sam and he's you don't know if he's rushing the passer or if he's playing the run or if he's dropping back in coverage because he can do all of them at, at a minimum and average level. Right? I think he's average in coverage. Um, but he's the best pass rushing linebacker I've ever evaluated. And I mean, that's going to fit because he used to be an edge rusher. Exactly. Um, And that's the thing about him being a linebacker too. He's only done this for two years. That's what's crazy. Um, and he, he relies so much on his explosion, which is ridiculous. And he's so big. Um, like his, his arms clog up passing lanes. He's, 
and, and that's going to be helpful too in terms of like the like he's he's athletic enough to get by in coverage, but dude's like two fifty almost. That's insane. Um, I mean, he's just he, he's he's like raw, right? He's yeah. not. I don't watch him and I think, oh, you know, this was the perfect read. I don't watch him and I think, oh, he knew what play was coming. But I watch him and I go, well, he did blow up the play. Yeah, like, I can't. I and, can't. And I don't him. think he's. And I don't think he's bad at that stuff either. Yeah, like, exactly. I still exactly. think he's a good processor. Like, so I'm, uh, dude. I'm. I am really excited to see yeah. him in the NFL. I mean, I he's, he's yeah, he's really good. And I just, I hope he goes to. I don't want him in. Like, I don't want someone running Tampa two with him all the time, where he's just so far away from the line of scrimmage. Because I think no. he's at his be best gross. when he's a threat to rush the passer. Me too. Um, I agree. But yeah, I mean, I love Parsons. He's gonna be. He's gonna be a difference maker day one, and the value he brings as an like if you can theoretically run a three three five and have Micah Parsons on the field, you can rush four and it's like rushing with your defensive line. Yeah. Um, yeah it is. It, you're substitute you can substitute a defensive lineman. Or you can substitute a linebacker and you have five defensive linemen now. Like it's the scheme diversity is phenomenal. And I I mean I don't see barring really poor coaching or injury, I really don't see a way he's not going to make an impact on the field almost immediately. Agreed. I agree. Uh, now, let's get to him. Penesel. So, like, he, first of all, he's 19. He's 19 years old. He will be, he will have played four NFL games before turning 21. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the size is there, first and foremost, <laughs> just a prick. He's just a dick. Like you, you watch him play. He's just so nasty and so mean. Um, and it's so crazy because I'm watching one lineman, and he'll go through a play blocking like three to four people per play. Like he'll block one person, they're on the ground, he'll go find two other people. He'll block one person into someone else, and he'll go block another person. Uh, and, and the impact that brings to your offense alone is phenomenal. Uh, his feet could be better. Uh, he leans a lot, which I hate. Um, and that can be coached up. Like that's not, I don't, I don't see anything that I think is unfixable, which is huge, but like, I see some of these technological issues, tech, technical issues. Tech, yeah. Technical. Yeah. Technical issues. Technological. And, yeah. Facts. No. Getting into um, his computer. <laughs> but I like, I see some of these technical issues and this dude hasn't given us, uh, he like, he hasn't given up a sack since the first half of his first college game as a freshman, as a 17 year old. Yeah. Um, like, the consistency is off the charts. The hands are great. The punch is disgusting. Um, and then the nastiness. Like, I, I really don't think I've ever evaluated a better run-blocking tackle. Um, like, I've seen certain tackles have games, like Jedrick Wills versus Auburn, right? Like, I see that with Sewell almost every week, which is yeah. insane, which is ridiculous to me. Yeah. Um, and like I said, or like you said earlier, he's not a great athlete. And I think... Well, I I don't think it's that he's not a great athlete. Like I, I think he's a good athlete. Like uh, he's definitely not a, a a poor athlete for the position. Yeah. I, just I just don't think he's not Tyron Smith. You yeah, know what I, I mean? don't think I don't think he's going to test much better than like Andrew Thomas did. And some nah. people were were yeah were kind of I don't want to say let down, but you know a five two forty right like um I, I think his split will be a little bit better. Um, a thirty inch vert like nothing amazing, but. And they're real similar in size too, but like he's just a package. Like, what do I want in a tackle? I always talk about it. Like, I want consistency first and foremost. Penny has got it. I want the motor um, and the attitude. Penny has got it. 
So I'm, I mean, I'm all on board. He's, there's definitely going to be a little O-line bias in, I would assume, but he's, he's going to be my, my number one prospect. I, I find it pretty, especially after opting out, like unless Trevor Lawrence is close to perfect this year, it's, it's going to be hard to overtake you Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, moving on, let's hit these uh, wide receivers really quick and then let's get the people out of here. There's some good ones that have opted out, man. Yeah. Um, Rashad Bateman, who I think, uh, I believe, is your wide receiver one. Wide receiver two. Oh, wide receiver two. Yes. Um, is your wide, wide receiver, receiver one, one still? Out, okay. Okay. So you still have Rondale Moore as your your top wide receiver one. Receiver. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's okay, let's uh let's pivot off of Bateman and let's go to Rondale Moore then. Okay. Um, I mean, dude's just a weapon. Like the injury things are going to be an issue and. This is a preliminary wide receiver one versus wide receiver two. But when I look at Moore, I mean, I think he's a very good route runner for what he is right now. He's phenomenal after the catch. He's a utility guy, so you can use him as a returner, a runner, or a receiver. Um, he's small, but he he's so good in contested situations regardless. Um, he does have a, a case of the drops here and there, uh, which bothers me. But, like, he's lightning. I mean, we're talking about a Henry Ruggs, maybe better type of athlete. Dude's spark score Ooh. in high school was like 120-something. Hmm. Was it really? Yeah, I, I can pull it up. It, his his high school testings were... Like, if he tested... If he if his line... um, Like, his testing line at the Combine rivals what he did in high school. So, I mean, I think he locks in first-round status. Which he should already, but it is what it is. Um, uh, all right, here Yeah, it so it was, a, it was a 133.62. Yes. Okay, so he ran uh, a four... Yeah. Four, three, reported four three three. Okay. And a forty two seven vert. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's uh But it makes sense, right? Yeah. Because he is short. He's small. He's small. He's yeah. but it's not that he's short. He's short and he's compact, dude. Like, yeah. He is yeah, he's thick. built he's thick. really well. And he was like, a strong high school. kid. Um Yeah, but now he is. Yeah. Um and that was the thing. I think he was like a three star prospect. Yes. Um, oh, no, he was a four-star. But and, he was barely in the top 300 for ESPN. Yeah. So, yeah, and I don't think he was in the top 30 wide receivers for ESPN. I tweeted about it a long time ago. But, yeah, 45th. Yeah, exactly. Like, 45 receiver, And even and he literally led the country at his senior year in his spark rating. Yeah. So you would think that ESPN would bank on that, but it is what it is. Um, to me, I mean, it's just a weapon that you get. Where I think he's the and, and we talk about this a lot. I don't. I am not a fan of of receivers who dominate the jump ball as their main source of production. Right, like if a guy's like, oh, well, what does this guy does best? Oh, well, he's the best jump ball receiver. We throw him the ball and he wins those catches. That's I just don't think that's a translatable skill in the NFL. A guy like Jamar Chase is one of the best I've ever evaluated it. And he's going to win 50-50 balls in the NFL, but it's just not going to be at the same dominant clip. Rondell Moore's going to go to the NFL. He's still going to be a top 1% athlete, um, even as he transitions into the NFL, because there's just not many people in the world that are like him. And, and so that's huge to me. I It does suck that we're not going to get to see him not injured. Um but, I mean, I understand, right? Like, you, you get the opt-out. You can make sure that you're not going to get hurt. Train for the combine. He's going to put on a show in Indianapolis. And I think with the right offensive coordinator who will use him everywhere, he'll be phenomenal. 
Rashad Bateman. Man, he is... He's so much fun. I think... I mean, he's my wide receiver too right now. Um, And I like him... I like his tape more than I like Jamar Chase's. And everybody everybody loves Jamar Chase. Everybody. And Jamar Chase, his production speaks for itself. Yeah. Uh, He was fantastic at LSU last year. I just think Bateman... Offers a little bit more. I think he's I a better I think, route I runner. A, I think he's a yeah, better I think he's athlete. A more I think he's just a more um, well-rounded player. I think so too. And you know, Jamar Chase, he's great after the catch. He's mm-hmm. really physical. Um, but man, Rashad Bateman is fun. He is a lot of fun. Um, and I don't think that he is Michael Thomas, but he reminds me. A bit of Michael Thomas, somebody who is just going to thrive over the middle of the field in the intermediate area. He's somebody who uh, is able to really uh, leverage himself away from cornerbacks and use his frame um, and his ability to change directions for somebody of his size uh, is actually pretty good. Now mm-hmm. he's not a, a, an outstanding athlete, uh, but he is very good uh, overall. And yeah, I, I mean he's. He's a lot of fun, and he uh, he makes that quarterback look a lot better yes. than he actually. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, my thing with Bateman is, I don't think you're getting a lot of like elite skills, right? Like I, but I think yeah, every, everything just, you're getting is really good. Like, well, I and think, that's and that's what you get with a a, a lot of these guys in this mm-hmm. draft class is you're getting a, you know him and Chase especially like they're just kind of good at everything. Um, um I, I think that Chase could improve as a route runner a little bit and that yeah, offense I helps a lot but i also think he's like generously generously listed at lsu apparently there's like speculation yeah, that he's, he's not six foot. yes um yes. which is crazy because when you watch him you don't think that no because he um, plays big he plays yeah. huge um yeah. but that's the thing like if if rashad bateman's comes in noticeably taller thicker and a better athlete than jamar chase really the only thing i think chase does better um is win vertically. I think his vertical route running is really good. Uh-huh. Um, and is win when the ball's in the air. But yeah, I was going to say, I still think is, yeah, he's better think with he's the ball in the jump air. Ball. Yeah. But that being said, Rashad Bateman is is excellent when the ball's in the air. Yeah. It's just that Jamar Chase is like one of the best ever. And yeah. so it's and not like Jamar Chase had perfect ball placement. Yeah, way too exa- exactly. Well. The difference <laughs> be- those- <laughs> yeah. The difference between Joe Burrow and Tanner Morgan is astronomical. Yeah. Um, but I mean, both are first round guys. Both are top twenty guys for me. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I really don't think there's a going wrong here. The Jamar Chase like top five hype, it's a little bit much for me. It's it's pretty, yeah. Just because I don't think he'll ever dominate in the NFL in similar fashion as he does in LSU. Um, it's going to take some development, and I think especially as a rookie, you'll see a couple guys produce more early on in their careers. Um, but I mean, Jamar Chase is as as consistent as it gets in terms of you throw him the ball you can expect him to catch it as long as you give him an accurate ball the only thing is can you expect him to separate consistently and i've talked about this with a couple people it could also be i mean quarterback dependent right if you have a receiver that's getting open any quarterback will throw them the ball because they see that they're open but it takes certain quarterbacks to you know put the trust in their receivers you would see it with a guy like joe burrow You'd see it with a guy like Kyler Murray or uh, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, who are willing to just, you know what, my guy's there, their guy's there, we'll see who wins. Um, 
And I think that's what Jamar Chase has to be with if he wants to produce early in his career. Otherwise, I think there are steps that they have to take to develop. But, I mean, dude's my wide receiver three. Might end up my wide receiver four. Depends on what Jalen Waddle does this year. Um, but the trio of Bayman, Moore, and Chase, it's it, it's a very good wide receiver class. Yeah, I mean, for, for me personally, I mean, that's – and for you as well, obviously, they're your top three wide receivers. For me, they're three of my top four wide receivers. I have Jalen Waddle at the very top. Uh and I think that that's something that we'll probably argue quite a bit about when it comes between him and Rondale Moore, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. But for me, I mean, we've just we, we've seen it with we've seen it with both, but we've seen it without injury on the one side, and and for me, that's that's pretty important, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to these soft tissue injuries, which are something that Rondale Moore ha- has fought yeah. already. Um, when you're that explosive in, of an athlete, when those things pop up, they tend to linger quite a bit. And we, uh, so I, I'm we'll excited too, because we haven't seen Jalen Wade Waddle as like be the main guy. Yeah. As he's being, always yeah. been the fourth wide receiver. Exa- exactly. And that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, we'll see it this year. Now, obviously he doesn't get to play with two. He's playing with Mac Jones or Bryce Young, but still. And yeah. then I think there's a couple guys, you know, too, um, Devontae Smith, who's going to be obviously he hasn't opted out, but like Devontae Smith, a lot of people are really going to like. I'm a little bit lower on him just because I don't think Same. upsides as dominant as the other four. Um, I think Chris Olave is someone that needs to get talked about a lot more. Yes, um, he might be the best route runner in the class. Yes, like, he's so and, and that's just an Ohio State thing, and we've seen it. Uh-huh. Um, Brian Hartline's done a great job with those receivers, but Olave's um, a plus athlete with good size, phenomenal hands, and he's an elite route runner, so he's going to produce very early in his career. Yeah, well, I think that's about all I got. Matt? Uh, one more I do want to talk about. Uh, potential RB1 also opted out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot to bring him up. And he is my RB1. Yeah. Um, I think so, too. I want to see what his athletic testing is like. Um, I just don't think he's fast. I think that's, that's my like, thing. That's my thing. I think he's fine elsewhere. Um, like, how explosive is he? I think we'll, I mean, we'll find out, but... Like I really like, I really like Najee Harris. Um, Me too. So we'll see. But the thing too with Kenneth Gainwell is, like this will be Najee's fourth year, right? Um, two or th- almost two and a half, kind of as a lead back. So I mean the carries thing we talk about that a lot. Um, the well, wear and tear and, and Kenneth yeah, Gainwell is not going to have that. And with Gainwell, this is last year was his first year playing running back. Yeah, exactly. He was an option quarterback before that. Which is wild too, because he's such a great receiver. Yeah, yeah, so, I, mean, I, I think it's a lot of fun. And honestly, Najee Harris—I mean—that's a part of his game that doesn't get talked about enough either. But yeah, I think I think Gain was a little bit more refined in terms of like his ability to run routes and stuff like that. Yeah, but him, I've never seen a running back dominate at the catch point like Najee Harris does. Dude, that catch over Patrick at LSU, was unreal. Yeah, that unreal. Was, that was. Oh my goodness. Um, Go figure. We're getting hyped about running backs down in the first show of the season. Yeah, that's uh, very, very not on brand for us. <laughs> but uh, Matt, do you have anything else that you would like to say to the people? People, as always, and it's been a while, and, and I've got so much in store. I love you guys so, so much. Thank you so much for watching. Um, if you're here, let me know. Who was your favorite performer from the first week of college football? I want to know. Shane Buchel had a really good week. Brady White had a good game. Let me know. Uh... Other than that, people, I love you so much. Thank you for listening. I'm so happy to be back. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah, and I think if I have anything to, that I need to say to the people, uh, it's that don't uh, message me 
uh, after me literally never interacting with you in my entire life, me not even knowing that you exist, um, and then try to use the F word, uh, and I'm not talking about the uh, F-U-C-K, um, I'm talking about the derogatory term towards homosexuals, don't try to use that to me, uh, because uh, I'm going to expose you, Get and I love you two people, goodbye.